0: Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey Kay. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mix and Smoker's if you're a caterer, competition, or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And now, here's your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? We are bringing you another episode of Man Me Barbecue. Once again, I'm your host, Mikey K. Um, we have a special little episode today. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna crack a beer. Uh, have a little bit of fun we are bringing to you we're bringing amanda k the um the one that's behind setting up all the podcasts if you've ever been on the podcast you know exactly who you're talking about or who we're talking about uh she is the one that reigns in all the um the crazy chaos that this podcast brings to the table um She helps put all the guests on. She deals with my crazy ass and she's married to me. So, um, I figured it'd be a cool kind of podcast to talk with her and, and see the opposite end of what we do. Um, and like I said, this isn't this isn't like any other bar- barbecue podcast. We don't just talk to barbecue guys. We don't just talk to the pitmasters that are winning on the fucking circuit, um, because not everyone out there is doing competition barbecue. Not everybody out there is, uh, you know, owning restaurants and and wanting to own catering companies uh, or wanting to do barbecue full time. And it it sometimes there's people behind the scenes that you don't get to talk to. So. Uh, those, those are, those are my humans. So here we go. Um, Amanda's been in the, uh, been in the restaurant industry for a majority of her life. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about restaurants. We'll talk a little bit about catering. We'll talk about, uh, food. We'll talk about barbecue. We'll talk about chaos and we'll talk about fun. So needless to say, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to say, Hello to Amanda. Amanda, thank you for uh, hanging out with us and chatting barbecue and chatting on uh, on Manny Barbecue. So say hello. Tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us kind of what you do for Manny Barbecue.
1: Well, hey guys, I'm Amanda. Um, now you can put a voice to the uh, to the name to the, the text
0: bu- to the emails.
1: Yes. Um, so obviously, I was fortunate enough to marry Mikey K. So, we'll call it... I don't know what we'll call it.
0: You were lucky enough. You won the, you won the lottery. <laughs> you won that drawing. There was a lot of hat. There was a lot of names in that hat.
1: It did. He feeds me. So, so I guess that's that's a good uh, strike for you.
0: I mean, yeah.
1: Um. Anyway, like he said, um, I've been in the restaurant industry for um, as long as I can remember and don't plan on leaving it at all. So, that's kind of my... My typical day job if i 'm not being a full time mom, and then on top of that i um, for mammy barbecue i 'll uh, set up emails uh, set up podcasts i you know steer you in the right direction if you do need to speak with him about other ventures, but generally i 'm a shy, quiet person, so
0: i mean let 's be honest, she became the gatekeeper for for a good reason. Um, if if she didn't if you didn't become the gatekeeper I would probably be in the office five nights a week talking to people <laughs> about barbecue and uh, I, I had to get a gatekeeper.
1: That is true, definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean I, I I've seen this from the beginning stages when he thought that Man Made Barbecue was going to solely be a blog, so. I've been with him every step of the way, and I've tried to uh, guide it and keep it to what it is now. So,
0: so we've, we've done some crazy stuff. We've, uh, we, we've gotten to go to Certified Angus Beef's 40th year, 40 year uh, conference. Um, we've gotten to do a lot of good stuff with Certified Angus Beef. Uh, thank you so much for all the people from Certified Angus Beef. Love all you guys. Uh, Chef Tony, uh, Chef Michael, um I'm probably forgetting a ton of you guys over there, considering I only listed two uh but <laughs> there there's a ton of great people over at Certified as beef we've had a great time with them um what would you say uh we're gonna open the podcast with the with this question um being married to a pit master and being married to somebody who either cooks in the restaurant industry. Or does barbecue for a living? How is that different than kind of being married to the dude that works a nine to
1: five? Uh, I mean, besides the of, fact
0: that I get out of bed at like two in the morning and kiss you goodbye, and then you'd never see me ever again.
1: I mean, you definitely you you answered it in the question. It's you know if you if you sign up to have somebody that cooks for you. I mean, obviously, or somebody who cooks for their job. You do get to luck out and you know you do eat fairly well some of the time, but you also have to understand that they are working harder than most 9 to 5 jobs do and the hours are very demanding on them. I mean, I've known I've known you when you've come ho- like I've come home from a shift and you've got a fancy surf and turf three-course meal ready for me and I've also you know seen the sides of you where I've worked a fourteen-hour day, and we're sitting in bed eating Cheerios.
0: Cheerios are good; <laughs> they're <remember>. great, but <laughs> uh, it, I it's. I mean, it's it definitely
1: happens. a different lifestyle. You have to get used to, you know, working. I mean, especially the two of us being both in the restaurant industry, yes. both in food, and we have schedules unlike anyone else, which can be very flexible. Like we're fortunate enough that because. We you know do have different schedules and we can make our own schedules. I mean, I for can the go.
0: the cool thing is being being doing what I do. Um, for those of you guys who are just tuning into the podcast that don't know any background on me, um, I own Fire and Smoke uh, Barbecue Company based out of Elgin, Illinois. We are a catering company that also does food pop ups, and that's what I do full time. And, uh, there, there's cool days, like some Wednesdays, I don't have to go into the, I don't have to go into the office as I will call it. Um, or I can, I can work remotely from home because we don't have a catering that day or, um, we don't have anything that's, that's pressuring to be done. So I can do a lot of computer backend work, uh, you know, book new, new pop-ups and, t- and talk to new people and all that kind of fun stuff. So I can go, I can take an hour out of my day and go go see my daughter dance, um, and I think that's that that's that's awesome because most dads can't go do that on a Wednesday morning.
1: You're right. Yeah. I mean,
0: most dads. The, the only other dad that's at the daughter dance thing is a stay at home dad. The guy's a total fuck, and I'm not I'm not <laughs> saying that. Um, he, he's a fuck for being a stay-at-home dad and that that'd be fantastic you got to make more money um i'll uh, work on it i'll be a fuck i just need a sugar mama here we go um but it it's not that that i'm saying it's it's the fact that like dude he sits there and, and gossips with all the moms and I mean, they're not hot moms by any, by any means. So it's not like the movies where it's like, Oh, the dad gets the hot moms. No, it's not. Uh, but he's just like, you know, talking about the dumbest shit possible. And it's like, dude, he has no passion in his life. And for me, it's like, I'm sitting there, even though I'm watching my daughter dance and I'm, I'm watching her do all this kind of fun stuff or she's doing, she's doing tumbling cause she's, she's way more of a tumbler gymnastics human than I think a dancer, uh, just because it's more entertaining to her at being two and a half years old. But it's, it's one of those things where I can still answer emails. I can, I can be on Instagram. I can be on Facebook for us. I can talk to clients still. And I have the freedom and the remote, the remote job that I can do that. But at the same time, um, when it's, when it's go time, when it's like, uh, Thursday we have a pop-up Friday we have a pop-up Saturday we have a pop-up Sunday we have a pop-up or even from Wednesday um, it's like Wednesday we have a pop-up Wednesday we have a catering Tuesday we have a catering Thursday we have a catering I'm, I'm gone at 3 in the morning because I'm, I'm lighting a fire and um, rain, wind, snow it doesn't fucking matter um, I'm at the kitchen I'm, I'm lighting a fire I'm making sure that that food is coming out hot for people and I'm making sure that I'm able to serve food to the client and to, to the person who, who wants to purchase our food. And I'm very grateful for all of that because, um, if it, if it isn't for people that want to eat my food, then then I don't have a job and I don't, I don't know what to do with my life because it's just, it, it's so much easier for me to do that than, uh, than do anything else. And when I say easier, I mean, I work like 75 hours
1: a week. (laughs) That is true. I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's one of those things. It's very nice that you do get the flexibility to be able to go out and do other things. But at the same time, like when you are a business owner, it never leaves you. No. And you are doing it 24 hours a day. If, you know, there's times, you know, if you get a call at midnight, which I mean, I don't know why anybody's thinking about caterings at midnight, but you know, those people and you're always going to have those people like you're jumping out of bed and you're taking those calls and you're doing whatever it takes. And Yeah, pretty much. yeah. And I think a lot of people don't actually see that. They just see the the end result where you're, you know, actually presenting your food. And and it's it's awesome to see that because you can see how much hard work goes into that food. But I don't think people actually realize they might see it, but they don't realize how much work on the back end like it's you you don't sleep and you're always working and
0: I had a good friend of mine um (laughs) a good friend of mine that actually works for Weber um his name is Jason uh Jason's a fantastic guy he's on the Weber uh grill team the guy the guy's just a rock star rock star barbecuer uh rock star human in, in general and he's like man he's like you cook on a stick burner and I'm like yep he's like do you sleep I'm like not much he's like figured (laughs) but it's what we do and um it gives us the best the best uh the best barbecue results that we can possibly get so uh that that's why we do it guys i'm really sorry if you hear my dog in the background uh she is the devil um and i don't say she's my i guess i shouldn't say she's my dog she's amanda's dog which is the devil um so sorry if you hear that if that's a little bit annoying but uh she's
1: perfect
0: yeah you keep telling her you keep telling her yourself that uh so being being in the industry, doing your job because you, you work for a different restaurant and then you do help us out uh, when we do pop-ups and you do that kind of stuff. Uh, seeing both kind of ends of the pop-up and the the actual restaurant industry side of it, what do you think of the pop-ups being – kind of becoming more popular in the Midwest because I'm talking in the Midwest right now because um in California pop-ups have been kind of a thing and same thing in 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 um New York but the Midwest pop-ups are relatively new to to the to the Midwest and we still get a lot of people that quite don't understand them and even food trucks and all that stuff so what would you say are your biggest besides the fact biggest differences besides the fact that you there's no kitchen where we're at um but what would you say is the biggest differences as far as serving the person
1: well i think it ultimately comes down to as much as you can advertise and say that you're going to be popping up at a place and we'll we'll just say a brewery for example because that's the most common place that we're at uh when it comes to popping up at a brewery, unfortunately, people are going to that brewery and you being their food option is just a perk a lot of the time, especially because we're new and, and we do advertise, we do bring people in ourselves, but ultimately it comes down to we're just an added bonus. So you definitely have to understand that like, you are not the destination. Um You're not you know, thinking like, you know, I had the day off today. I was cut for my job and, you know, I, we said, oh, what could we do? You know, our place would not be a destination because we don't have a place. So a pop-up is something different. It's a little more like you have to plan for it and say, okay, well, they are going to be there. Let's go there. Um, I think That's one of the biggest differences,
0: but... I think one of the biggest struggles with that also is, with it not being a destination, um, a lot of people will not go if it's not close to their house. Um, Because they'll be like, oh, I'm going to wait for a pop-up that's closer.
1: Well, that too, yeah. Because you're not at the same place most often. If you're popping up at a place that's convenient, but you're popping up at a place that's convenient that does a date doesn't work for you, you're not gonna go. So correct. It is very much a does this location work for me? Does this time work for me? Okay, I'm gonna go. So that's why you being the destination itself is a little more of a struggle. And and being a startup company, it's actually more of an ideal thing because you are getting in front of more people while going to these pop-ups, because ultimately their destination is to go to breweries and get drunk. Maybe not get drunk, but, yeah, you know, they want to go to a beer. They want or go to a brewery, have a beer, and then, hey, you're the food. They try your food. Oh, we like you. And then they start following you and saying, okay, well, they're going to be at this brewery. And, and it just becomes... More like a, a networking spider web type thing. Absolutely. That, yes, absolutely. You know, people who are into barbecue tend to be into beer and vice versa. And it's kind of nice that you can. You can either follow a brewery or you can follow us. And you can try so many different, you know, places. You can try different foods. And, you know, it's really a, a pop-up community it it is it's a, it's a community like I, you know I was just saying um it's different than just being a restaurant where it's you know just you and you have to survive and you have to prove why you're better than everyone else like it's more a community where you can support each other there's other um you know pop-up catering businesses that you know we I guess at the end of the day, it would be competitors with, but we all support each other and we want to see the best. And I feel like that's a different community and a different feel than a restaurant could
0: ever give you. They, everyone
1: wants to see you succeed.
0: Now, when you, when you say, when you say that a restaurant can't give you that feel, do you think it's because so many restaurants fail within a year The failure rate on restaurants is so high and with the failure rate being so high on brick and mortar, do you think it's that like, it's almost like, okay, so you're doing either, you're doing either a food truck or you're doing the pop-up thing. So people look at it saying, okay, cool. I want them to succeed because they're going to go to the next step.
1: I don't know. What do you mean? Elaborate.
0: What I mean like is a lot of people start with pop-ups or a lot of the people that are starting with pop-ups are people that don't have, have the capital to, to open a brick and mortar. And right now, if you're, if you're thinking about opening up a brick and mortar um, and you don't have the funds to finance it, most banks don't want to do it because the failure rate is so high, right? So... They're more likely to give you a loan to start a trailer or to start a, a food truck because they can repossess that, right? They can take that back and they can sell it to somebody else and it doesn't lose that much in value. Um, but you take you take out you know two hundred thousand dollars to remodel a restaurant once that business fails or if that business fails inside that restaurant, That restaurant's no longer worth $200,000. That space is not worth $200,000. The bank doesn't get $200,000 back. So, um, do you think a lot of people, like, kind of are rooting for that underdog? Being like, okay, cool, you're really fucking grinding it out on a food truck.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a different way. I mean, we there are definitely those people who can get investors and they can just go big. And unfortunately there's going to be a lot of times where it doesn't work out and you know, they end up closing and it could just be that they aren't run properly. It could just be, it was a bad business model to begin with. Um, and it could be that they just weren't asking for the right help or, sure, you know, that, There's so many reasons why it couldn't work where, you know, if you're, if you're starting doing pop-ups or a food truck or something, your, your staff is smaller. You have a little more control and you're getting to build from yourself. Correct. Yeah. You're not starting with, you know, this huge investment and not being smart about it and losing it like you're starting with nothing and so you're putting your all into it like I mean I'm speaking personally like we we didn't really have anything to put into this company and if we lose it like we're all in like this is
0: I mean we've put we've put a decent amount into this company in that sense but um, but
1: we had no major investment. No, I mean we didn't. So put, it was, we didn't put
0: two hundred thousand dollars into into this company. Of course. So no, this is all ours,
1: that. and and we I put feel we put like our that, savings
0: into this company in in a sense.
1: But that puts more drive behind us too, Absolutely. because we did like. I mean, yeah, you're going to have some a fire lit under your ass, too, if somebody gives you $200,000 and says, hey, I want that money back. Like, you no, know,
0: it's always fun playing with other people's money. If you can get that, play with other people's money.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not steering away from that, but I'm saying, like, I mean, you're. it's not like you can sit back and dick around if
0: Absolutely. you do get
1: an investor. You still have to work your ass off, but it's like we have to work our asses off harder. Like, technically, I, at this point, am not an employee of fire and smoke no but I still work my ass off to do whatever it takes I'll answer emails I'll I'll do whatever I am legally allowed to do to make this work
0: yeah absolutely
1: and that's just what it is so you know that there's I guess less of a Chance of complete failure with starting with a pop-up, but at the same time, your growth isn't going to be as quick.
0: I can see that, yeah, and that that is one of the hard things is that um, the with the growth not being quite as quick, it's just it's slower but it's more I think it's more natural right I think I think there's the progression of your slowly slowly moving to something
1: well yeah I mean especially for us like we really we hit the we're a catering company and we hit the pop-up game hard so anyone who does come to us now for caterings we know it's Because they went out to a brewery and they tried our food, or maybe somebody else went out to a brewery, tried our food, and they loved it so much that they're talking like it's natural word of mouth kind of growth, as opposed to somebody who has $200,000 in their bank account. They could just go, you know, advertise on WGN or any radio station and say, hey, we're the best barbecue in the world. Yeah. And, you know, people are going to be dumb and be like, okay, well, we'll try it. We'll see how it is. And and who knows? But, but that's not natural. That's just, you know, your everyday advertising.
0: Yeah. But do you think that... Do you think there's enough people out there that will even want to try it just because you advertised?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that advertising. To keep,
0: but um, no, no. I'm saying, do you think there's enough people out there that would try it that are like, oh, you advertised, so that's why I'm here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's still people. I'm not saying advertisement isn't important. It's.
0: Neither. I'm not absolutely saying that important.
1: And I think that there's still a big amount of like huge amount of people who are going to say, "Well, I heard this ad. I saw this ad. I want to try you guys." Mhm. And that's awesome and that's super important. I just feel like it's not as genuine like it and I I mean, I guess at the end of the day, like I mean, money is money. And we want to succeed either way, but Most it does the time, yes. It does feel a little more genuine when you know like, "Oh, my cousin's brother-in-law tried you and said you were the best and that's all he's talked about for the past six months and like those are a little more and that's what we're getting uh a lot more important to me at least i don't know because i know when we get things like that you don't shut up about it so i mean i'd much rather hear that and have you in a good mood and i mean either way like (laughs) If, you're, if he gets a good compliment, it's so funny. If he gets a good compliment, he talks about it and everything, boasts around. If he gets a bad compliment, he's like, whatever. I'm just going to feed him again. It'll make it all better. I and mean, so that, it's like, it doesn't bring him down at
0: all, but... But, like, welcome to becoming a chef. You know what I mean? Like, welcome to being a chef. That's what we have to do. Um, if somebody gives you a bad compliment, it's like, okay, cool. I just got to fucking feed you. Like... You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I gotta do. And if I don't feed you, and I don't feed you enough, then clearly, like, or if I didn't feed you well that first time, and I and I can get you to try me again, then I can hope that that your food was better next time. Yeah, because or I, I can hope my food is better next time. So we'll move on. We'll move on from this topic and and kind of. Um, and talk a little bit about this. Um, when you're booking podcasts and all that kind of fun stuff and dealing with, with the, the humans that, that, that we get on this show, which you guys are all fantastic. I love all you motherfuckers. Um, what would you say is the hardest part about booking and keeping that chaos straight?
1: I mean you make it
0: sound like it's this big like you yell at me managing all the day. she yells at me all the time no, 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 she day. yells at me all the time because I'm like I'll when I reach out for people when I reach out to people about setting up podcasts if I reach out to you on Instagram that's actually me reaching out and um I, I like to reach out to like 300 people at a time <laughs> or that's what she thinks it is but it's really not and uh she's like so many people email me and then I can't get it all straight so what would you like, is it just the fact that you're, we, we've now limited, unfortunately, I'm limited to the amount of nights that I can actually record, um, record podcasts and record new content just because of a, a, with the job that I do sometimes, um, we get thrown a catering and then I'm, I'm fucked and I can't, I can't be here. Um, or we get, we get some kind of pop-up that I have to be at. Um, that I have to cook for, and then unfortunately, I can't record.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would definitely say the hardest thing about scheduling is that I I do tell you, okay, we're only booked out three weeks, so it's about time to start reaching out to people. And he's got this very much sales technique of I'm gonna you know text a hundred people, and I'm gonna get. 10 people to actually respond and that's a very good sales technique most of the time except a lot of you motherfuckers yeah. <laughs> email back so he sets 100 messages and I get 75 and I'm like okay and and so the hardest part is just um, you know sometimes I get so like we get so booked out that you know what's what January 12th right now and I would say sometimes when I'm booking people, it's going to be June and I'm booking June and and then it can get a little uh, mixed up there because when it is so far in advance that when I go to actually reach out to confirm with you guys whether you can or can't, then that's where the, um, the rescheduling happens. So not only we, we try and stick to recording on Tuesdays so that they air on Thursdays and
0: And when she says they air on Thursdays, that does not mean they air that coming Thursday. Yeah,
1: that, no, not that coming Thursday, but generally depending on when, when they are, it's what, four to six weeks later, depending, but, but again, like that all just depends on, you know, if we have to reschedule, then that gets Mondays and Wednesdays and all these other days mixed in and just trying to keep a calendar that fits with man meat barbecue and fire and smoke
0: can get kind of crazy it's a lot she lets me do some fun stuff sometimes though
1: and and i'll just apologize right now for the people that i have had to reschedule like six times to fit around either yours or my schedules or his schedule or we also have a
0: (laughs) two-year-old or the two-year-old guys i'm sorry shit happens um so be understanding But what, what would you say is your favorite part about being, being part of the barbecue lifestyle and being, being behind the scenes? Now you're, you're coming from somebody that's not, that's not a pit master. That's not, um, that's not somebody that really, uh, loves cooking on a barbecue or that really honestly, um fully has the skill to cook on a barbecue and I'm not saying she can't cook I'm just saying she doesn't do it um but what's your favorite part of the barbecue lifestyle
1: I mean I definitely the knowledge is nice although I don't cook and and I've tried don't get me wrong I've tried and I've done decent a handful of times like that chicken the chicken is where i was going the chick sometimes i've been okay other times it has failed so miserably it's not even funny
0: there's always chicken tartar
1: <laughs> so aside from that aside from the actual cooking the knowledge is just crazy i i mean i before you even really got super into barbecue, I didn't really like it. I remember telling you I didn't like smoke because in my mind, smoke was hickory and it was just that strong wood smoke that I didn't like and so I just shut it out completely and it wasn't until you started getting into barbecue that I realized that that's not really the only flavor in barbecue or in smoking meats and so I began to like it and you know all the way fast forward until what two nights ago when you were giving me a review you were quizzing me on brisket if you should put it fat side down or fat side up like I didn't know this stuff and and it was Please note (laughs) that we were
0: also laying in bed and uh I don't know how this came up um brisket cooking came up somehow and we we were talking about fat side up, fat side down, uh, and I know you all out there are right now on your listening to this podcast and going fat side up, fat side down. Don't give a fuck. No, no, no. Fuck you. Okay. Yeah, you you. I get it. You have your own little way of doing it, and that that totally makes sense. Um, but. When, when you break it down and I, I, I'm fortunate enough to where I'm able to do some classes and I'm able to share my barbecue passion with people and I'm able to share um, my cooking style with people and I'm able to to educate people that are, are maybe not as skilled in a kitchen or um, this doesn't come to them as easily. I, I'll say as easily, right? Um, there's some of us that just – we're, we're – We're the ones that are a little fucked in the head and it, it cooking becomes a passion and then it becomes a lifestyle and it becomes just second nature to us. And cooking is second nature to me. Um, I can look at a photograph or I can look at something. I can look at a recipe and I can go right. So I don't actually like when I, when I cook, I cook off feel, Um, not everyone can do that. Not everyone does that, but I, I feel like the greatest chefs in the world cook off feel they, they, they just, something in them tells them that it's right. And then it's right. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) sorry, our dog is whining and walking upstairs because she just wants to go to bed. Um, just go. Um, so, so, uh, basically you, there, there is some common knowledge and there's a lot of science and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff behind it that starts to fall into how we cook, why we cook that way. And we all have reasoning behind it. So I'll break down my fat side up, fat side down, reasoning behind it. And uh, when I do my brisket classes, I break this down and I talk about, well, where is my heat source coming from? And I think a lot of people don't think about that. They're just like, oh, when they give an answer to somebody, when they go fat side up, fat side down, well, I always cook it fat side down. Okay, cool. But why? What is your reasoning behind it? So so I'll let you kind of explain because we'll, we'll see how well she remembered while, while falling asleep. Um, what was my reasoning for how I cook my brisket?
1: Well, like you just said, um, you said it depends on the heat source. Because my my initial reaction at first was, oh, it should be fat side up. Because when the fat renders, it, you know, keeps the meat moist and whatever, yada, yada. And it drips down
0: gravity, of course. Yeah.
1: And then you you had quizzed me, well, what about... um, the protection so then I almost switched and I said well it should be fat side down because the fire is on the bottom and you want it to be protected and then you're like but what if your heat source is coming from the side or from the top or from wherever and and so that's where yeah it, it came down to at the end of the day I know you said pork shoulder should be fat my, side my,
0: up. I'm always fat-side up on my pork shoulder.
1: Fat-side up on pork because, shoulder. Because I
0: believe there's enough fat, there's enough connective tissue and fat inside my pork shoulder to where it will protect it no matter what. And my fat will just render through it. Pork shoulder is much more forgiving than a brisket.
1: Yeah. And then you said for brisket, for you, you do it fat-side down.
0: Correct. To protect from the heat, because my heat source comes from the bottom. I cook on a Myron Mixon H2O. The thing is fucking fantastic. It is a, it is just a workhorse cooker. Um, if you're looking for new cookers, guys, MyronMixonSmokers.com. Make sure you go go to them. Uh, that's a selfless plug right there. Um, and it it, uh, it the the cookers just it's a beast, right? I've cooked in I've cooked in negative temperatures. I've cooked in high heat. It it just it cooks. It just does what it needs to do. And it's a water smoker, but it's a, it's a water smoker. I like to call it a water stick burner, right? Um, because I have a gigantic um, water pan, but my heat source is right underneath it. And it, it burns all real wood. Um, so it's not burning charcoal. It's not burning anything else besides real wood. And um, burning it down to coals and then just keeping those coals nice there and throwing, throwing logs on and, and doing all that. But my heat source comes from the bottom. So I put my my brisket fat side down because the highest heat is getting hit from the bottom, and then it's 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 coming over it and pillowing over it. Now, my smoker has a ton of moisture in it, a ton, because I I mean I'm boiling. I don't know. I think it's eight gallons of water.
1: Yeah, I mean it's water the whole time. It's a <laughs> giant water pan
0: pretty much yeah which it, it is a little bit of a bitch in the winter guys cuz uh hoses freeze
1: <laughs> did you know
0: i didn't know i didn't know hoses froze i just thought they always worked yeah but it, it it's kind of one of those fun things i mean you you do you do like that passion of barbecue and you do like um you enjoy doing uh, you know, big green egg fests with us, and it, you, you enjoy helping and giving ideas for cooking and all that kind of fun stuff, which is great, great for me because I can bounce ideas off of her and be like, hey, what do you think of this idea? And she's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, or that sounds really good. Let's do it. Um, she also yeah, likes there's... to keep me in, in a budget. Uh, because there's times where I'm like, let's fucking do this. And she's like, that's going to cost you a shit ton of money. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's slow down.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely like the creative part too. So yeah, I mean, to circle back around, I, I really enjoy the knowledge being in on this side of the barbecue world. Um, and I love being creative, being able to like, I mean, I, I just come up with ideas and I have no idea if they're going to work out. Sometimes they don't sometimes they do, but it's fun and and like i I could probably execute them myself, but it's also really nice knowing that because I am a mediocre cooker and you are a great one, uh, it's nice that it to see my ideas come to life in an actual edible way, so I mean, for example, like the pop tarts i decide, like I decided to do. Smoked pumpkin pop tarts one fall, and and those turned out great. And then yeah, I mean just kind of everything when we're trying to come up with menus for pop ups, when we're trying to come up for egg fests, anything is nice to be able to see my visions come to life. So uh, yeah, knowledge, creativity, and then another back to this community. I mean everybody here is so much fun, and you know the the barbecue world is, is big. It's global. I mean, we've met so many people from all over the world, but it feels so small. And I love that. It's like, I, I really shouldn't be on first name basis and, you know, regularly chatting with people from Australia, but I do. And, and that's awesome. And I, and sometimes I've never even seen their faces, but I feel like I've, Known like them know them for years yeah for sure and then you know when we do actually get to meet at you know if we're fortunate enough to meet at certified angus beef or mbbqa or yeah any of those places and i'm like oh i've talked to you a million times
0: i now know what you over look like.
1: email now i actually know what you look like or now i actually know who you are and and that's awesome
0: yeah but, and so the, i mean Instagram's made it made such a big community of amazing barbecue people that is just, I mean it's just so much so so amazing and being able to go to egg fests and being able to go to different uh state cook-offs uh meeting meeting uh people at mbbqa meeting people at you know other conferences that we're, we're all sharing the same passion and just kind of doing what we're doing um it's amazing it really is uh i don't think i would uh trade it for for anything i don't think uh the the cooking world is just if if you've never been involved in the cooking world um you'll never understand it uh i can call some of my 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 greatest friends and tell them i need you right now and i need you to do this this and this and it could be three in the morning and they're going to be like, yeah, okay. I'm on my way. You know, um, one of my good friends, uh, who, who, I mean, his day job is not cooking in any way, shape or form, but I trust him. I trust him, uh, manning my pit whenever I can't, um, I was not going to be in town for a very large event. And um he doesn't cook professionally. Uh he's a he's a backyard rock star at best. Um and I was like, hey bud, so I need you to come cook a uh four hundred person event for me. And he's like, uh Okay. I'm gonna come do it. I'm gonna do it. Um I know I, I got friends that if if I needed them to fly out here to help me out they would because that's just the world and I would do the same thing for them oh you need me to do what okay cool you know what I mean like um my buddy paul he he works at an ace hardware um and they were doing they were doing a cook for for his for his brother's rotary club. And I'm like, dude, I'd love to come up and cook with you. And he's like, awesome. He's like, do you mind bringing up like some of your warmers and you know, some other, you know, whatever. And I was like, yeah, done. We're we're bringing it up. Do you need anything else? I'm like, do you need a camera? Do you need this? Do you need that? Do you need this? What do you need? And he's like, no, no, we just need that. I was like, cool. Fantastic. I'll be there. And I mean that—that that was a cold ass day, and it, it didn't. It doesn't matter. What do I? What do I? What do I gotta do? Like let's go. Let's go make it happen. Because if we don't make it happen, then the ball doesn't move. So who gives a shit? Let's keep doing it. And I think that—that's how chefs and and barbecue people just are.
1: I mean, I think that extends just to restaurant industry in general. Like I, I mean, I guess I can't fully say because I've never worked outside of restaurant industry necessarily but it's like I you know I've been in it for what almost 10 it'll be 10 years this year 10 years in November that I've been in the service industry and you know there's people that I worked with 10 years ago that I'm still you know connected with I may not talk to them you know, even on a regular basis, like maybe just Facebook friends, but I know that if they need something or if I need something, we're going to do it. Like it, there's something different when it comes to being in restaurants that it's like you do, you give your all. Yeah. And you, you just give yourself for whatever, like, yeah, pretty much. I mean, not talking like a horse sense, like I'm not just going to give you myself,
0: you, know, so, you gotta
1: like feed me for that or something. <laughs> oh and god!
0: Oh god! Now I'm <laughs> you. Don't send emails.
1: Oh, um, sorry. Not talking to you guys. Just talking to him.
0: Uh, <laughs> what? What is your favorite event that we've been able to do?
1: Event that we've done?
0: Yeah, as Man Me Barbecue, been able to do. We've done some fun events over the past four years. What? What? What was your favorite? event in general
1: that's a tough one we've done we've done so many amazing things um i i really enjoyed the egg fest that we put on okay um simply because we we were the ones that started it and you know unfortunately it didn't take off um too many things got in the way um, from other people, but but it was nice to have like something that was ours. Like yeah. you know, I I built the website and we worked hard. We promoted it, and it actually turned out to be a really good event. And I was very proud of all the work that we put in together. Uh, outside of that, uh, I have to say because I mention this all the time, <laughs> I think it's just the best thing in the world. I love that Arby's flew us to New York for a day.
0: It was two days technically. It's Two days l- technically.
1: Literally the best thing that I can just... When someone's like, hey, just spring a fun fact on me. Tell me something about yourself. I'm like, Arby's okay, cool. Flew Arby's flew me to New York for a day. And we ate meat and then we went home.
0: Yeah, pretty much, yeah.
1: It was the best thing ever. Totally hit my bucket list. Like,
0: where was I the other day? I was somewhere the other day and I was talking to one of my buddies and he, you know, we were, we were talking about different things and being influencers and, um, just, just about like how things have to come naturally. Um, and I'm like, dude, when I started Maname barbecue, I started it as a passion project, something that I didn't know where it was gonna go i didn't know I didn't know if anyone was gonna listen to this. I still don't know if anybody listens to this, which is a complete lie. i'm sorry, uh, cause I can see my listener count <laughs> um, but like it I never thought that it was gonna grow into what it's become. And I never thought that we were going to be in so many people's ears, right? Um, I didn't think we were going to be getting 19,000 downloads a week. Uh, to me, that's just... I, it's insanity to me that 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 many of you guys are listening. And I want to say thank you, obviously. But um, we were talking about that and he's like... Well, he's like, what... He's like, he doesn't really pay attention to Man Barbecue that much and we're just, we're just kind of friends in, in that sense. And he's like, well, he's like, what do you really get? And I'm like, I don't really get much. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't get, I don't make a paycheck from this. Um, there's no, like, I'm not, I'm not paying my mortgage off this podcast or anything like that. But sometimes we get some cool shit and he's like, well, what do you get? And his, his girlfriend was there and she's like, She's like, come on. She's like, you guys, I mean, she's like, nobody really takes you guys seriously. Do you do that? And I'm like, well, I mean, like, certified Angus beef fluous to Hawaii. And he's like, okay, I'll shut up.
1: <laughs> I mean, that that's probably, I mean, that's, no, that's not probably. That's definitely top of the list. Like, I mean, certified Angus beef fluous to Hawaii for a week. Which was awesome. Which I still can't get
0: over that. Which, was it a no, it was only three couple days it was
1: like five days
0: was it i don't remember five days
1: time. it was absolutely incredible i mean five days being in beautiful one resort. of the most beautiful places in the world and eating beef way too much beef. like absolute <laughs> paradise
0: amazing beef that was prepared by some amazing chefs but
1: if you want to like ooh, I, I guess like humble ourselves down a bit uh realistically we just get a lot of barbecue sauce
0: and we do.
1: We get a lot of barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce and rubs, which we do. We still love. Yeah, absolutely. We, we but, appreciate everything we get, and we definitely use everything we get. But, but I mean, that's what that's what uh, pays this podcast. Rub.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to pay it's your. It's very elect- glamorous. It's really hard to pay you your electric pay- bill with rub, <laughs> unless you're selling it, and then that that's a different game. Um, if you're selling the rub, then then you can pay your electric bill with it. But
1: uh, we're not selling it; we're just eating it
0: <laughs> from this podcast. I do have a rub line. Guys, uh, Fire and Smoke Barbecue Company does actually have a rub line. If you go to Fire and you can pick it up. Uh, Hashtag
1: Shameless bug <laughs> All right. Well,
0: I mean, there, there is, Fire and smoke's one of the proud, proud sponsors of this podcast. So I just cut myself a check. Um, Which doesn't... I don't cut myself a check in any way, shape, or form. But uh, that's kind of what we do. Um, We are... We're a barbecue family. um, And we're hoping... Or I'm hoping that I I can pass that down to... To my daughter. Uh, She's fantastic. And... I'm hoping that one day she wants to cook, and she shows a little bit of interest in it. Now I know she's she's little, but um, everything has to have seasoning. Every everything everything gets some kind of seasoning on it. Uh, everything
1: has seasoning. She loves to be the taste tester on any rubs
0: she, that she we're working on. If I'm working on a rub at home. And starting stuff, she taste tests it. Yes, I let a two-year-old taste test rubs that have cayenne, that have chili powder in them.
1: And oh, the she funny loves thing pepper. Is she
0: loves them. It's insane. Um, But, and, and I kind of almost know, like when she tries it, and if it doesn't, if she gives it like a weird face, like it's kind of back to the drawing board. Which is
1: she's a natural.
0: She kinda is.
1: I mean she's been picking up on that. I mean she she is. She's two and a half years old. She can scramble her own eggs. Like with with supervision, of course. Slightly. Um, She she seasons everything. We have the we have every color size toy Weber's Mickey Mouse grills that are on market as long as they are charcoal and not gas. We own them. Um, did go into a slight argument over the Mickey Mouse one that is gas assist. Or
0: yeah, it's kind of get.
1: It has charcoal in it, but you have to turn a knob to turn it on. Would yeah. that not be an assist?
0: Yeah, I yeah, but I think it's just because they had to figure out how to put like how to turn it on and off.
1: Weber was genius. They had an actual torch where you have to light it to the charcoals to make it turn on. That is a true charcoal.
0: I tell agree me, with you. I agree. Tell me
1: I am not.
0: <laughs> I mean, I agree. Tell me I'm right. You're right. I agree. Um, that doesn't happen often. Um,
1: I love Disney. I love everything they do, and you know that. But I, I am slightly disappointed in their design. Not that I'm opposed to gas assist, but... There is a slight flaw in their design.
0: So, I want to ask this question. Um, Besides the fact that I own some commercial cookers, um, I get shit for bringing cookers home. You know when like people go and find like lost puppies. (laughs) I kind of do that with cookers. But it's like, it didn't have a home, babe. I had to bring it home. You yeah. Give it home. Uh, but I'm not as bad as some guys are. I'm not.
1: True.
0: I'm not as bad. Um, I was speaking to a gentleman the other day, and he's like, I have 17 cookers. And I'm like, what the fuck do you have 17 cookers for? He's like, honestly, I don't know. Um. He doesn't use them all, but he's got 17 cookers. But... What would you say to to the, to the wives out there who complain about their husband having more than one cooker or their husband saying, Hey, I want to spend, um, I don't know what's an outrageous amount to spend on a cooker. I, I guess I'm not allowed to give that answer. <laughs> I don't answer. know how to give that answer. Because like I I I and I've been and we were
1: dating and I scraped all my server cash. Any cash I got I shoved in a drawer for 6 months to be able to buy you an egg. So and we were just See, dating. This a keeper. This was before you gave me a ring. I gave you an egg. How do you feel about that? It's a
0: keeper. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at it in, in, in that sense, um, there's 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 guys out there like shit. I do so many events. I do so many public events um, because we're we're at breweries. We're um, we're, we're, we're I'm I'm doing the pop ups. I'm working a lot of them. Sometimes I'm lucky enough to have two teams go out in, in a day, so I won't be at every single one of our events, but i I'm, I'm at a majority of them right, you would say i'm I'm at probably ninety percent of our events, yeah, um and I'm working and i'm I, i'm I'm behind a line'm I'm, I'm working my ass off, and i'm I'm making sure first of all, I cook the whole damn thing, then I load it all up, and then i and and then we go out and do it, right, but so many wives and so many girlfriends are like, Oh, he totally wants to get into barbecue. But like I just think it's crazy that he spends $400 on a cooker. And I just kind of laugh and I'm like, 400. Okay? Or like when I when I, I'm in a lot of barbecue groups and whatever and guys guys push back and they're like, I can't believe you're gonna spend more than500 dollars on a cooker. like I uh, there's no way. like I don't understand it. Like to me, a good tool. It's a fucking tool. And if I can make a better product, then I'm going to spend that money all day long.
1: Absolutely. I mean, for you, it's justified more in it's it's a trade tool and you need it. Um, but outside of that, before you actually made it a living, I mean...
0: We it, had decent it, amount of cookers before we had made it a living.
1: Oh, absolutely. It, it comes down to the... Uh, I think for me, personally... Unfortunately, I can't believe I'm saying this, but there's this whole ask for forgiveness, not for permission. So just doesn't matter. Guys, you
0: hear that? Doesn't matter.
1: No. Here, let let me finish. Ask for forgiveness, not for permission. As long as it is, I would say, in... It all depends on financial stability, of course. Okay, like I get that. To, you still have to pay your bills, take care of your family, but absolutely, if you want to go out and buy a two thousand dollar grill, go for it. The way you can justify it, pro tip here: find out what little honey wants and cook it for her. If he goes out and he buys, if Mikey goes out and buys a grill, yeah, I might be a little upset. But he's gonna turn around and put some scallops and a ribeye steak on it, and or maybe like a wagyu tri-tip, and it's okay.
0: <laughs> I'm fine. But it's one of the it's one of those things like
1: if you can see if you can see that it's something that you're gonna use, and that's something that like it's it's gonna feed your family. Yeah. Then why does it matter? I mean we we use our girls more than we use the stove. So
0: very very much true.
1: You know, if, if I can move a grill into our house, I absolutely would, but we can't. We we have to keep it out and we have to have a stove, so
0: we can get an industrial hood.
1: I don't think that's allowed where we're at, but
0: I could ask for or for forgiveness. And uh My wife's trying to figure out how to get us in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a lot down there either, guys. We, we might have some listeners in Florida. Let me know. Um, <laughs> you'll make her date. Email us. It's manmeetsbbq.com or manmeatsbbq at gmail.com. Uh, and yes, the meat meat has an S on it because we couldn't get man meat barbecue uh, at gmail. There's somebody that apparently has that. Um, but I, I think it's one of those things where it's like – I just don't get why people – don't buy a little bit better of a cooker.
1: You should definitely buy a better cooker. It's, And I think that's a lot of the reason why a lot of people end up with as many grills as they do is that they buy the wrong cooker, realize they don't like it, and then they get something else. And that's when you start to accumulate things where, like, you have, what, eight? I think I counted. Like, you have eight cookers, but they all serve a different Well, they also have a different style of cooking, and you use them all depending on what you're doing. Where, like, I would hate. Like, I was so happy that when we did buy, when I was able to get him his first big green egg, and I was talking with the dealer, like, should I get the large or should I get the extra large? And he was nice enough to like not just try and upsell me, obviously, but say. If you're even contemplating that, just go for the extra large because so many people buy the large and end up buying the extra large because the large wasn't big enough. And so I said, okay, that makes sense. And I'm so happy that we did that.
0: Well, I'm happy that we went with the extra large because honestly... um... I was contemplating between the large and the extra large.
1: But could and you imagine, like, if we had the large and you said that's large not and big extra enough, large. then we're going to have an extra large. And then I'd have nine grills in my backyard. I'd
0: be okay with that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day, the the, the cooker that I, I will eventually have in my backyard will be the Komodo Kamado. One day. It'll be a big boy.
1: Should I chime in, though, and say... That technically you only have seven grills in our backyard, because I do own one.
0: Technically. You can go technically, yes.
1: Technically, that one is mine. So you
0: own one Weber. I do have,
1: I am a proud owner of a Corona-branded Weber kettle.
0: You. That is correct.
1: That I won from an Irish guy nine years ago.
0: That is true. That is very true. And I am
1: very proud of it.
0: That is very true.
1: And I think I've used it once.
0: <laughs> In nine years.
1: <laughs> that does sound kind of sad.
0: Oh, nine years. It only took nine years.
1: But, I mean... <laughs> 2020, new decade. Here we Give go. Me.
0: New you. New Weber kettle. Here we go. You rock it out. Um, But, there's so many great cookers out there. And... I think that is, like, some guys will get numerous different cookers, like my buddy Tony from Tony and Maribel. If you guys follow them on Instagram, they're fantastic people. Um, and you got to meet them uh, at this last Weber event that we did. Um, Tony has a lot of different cookers in his backyard. But Tony has different style of cookers. And he uses them when he wants to cook on a different style of cooker. And that, that, that I think that's a cool thing.
1: I mean that's what you have in your backyard
0: yeah and that but that's what I'm saying like I I I find it weird when dudes have like oh I have the exact same style of cooker in my backyard I have fucking 15 of them why I understand if they want the the surface space that then I understand but on, on an average day you're, you're not cooking for more than your family unless you're really throwing parties every single weekend which, who really is? Not me. You know? Um, I think the only cookers that I want to add... Is I really want to add a Santa Maria style cooker. Um, and... I want an offset stick burner. Okay. And, and your are, Komodo Komodo. And my Komodo Komodo. That, that is... For anyone that's ever seen a Komodo Komodo, guys, I want... I want a matte black Komodo Kamado. I want it to be. I, I want. I want the big boy. I, I just. I want that cooker. It is beautiful. It, it. It turns me on a little bit. Let's be honest.
1: I know you've been talking about it for years.
0: I almost bought one a couple times.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: It was in the cart. I just never finished.
1: And now it's harassing you like in your emails. Kind like, of
0: yeah, yeah. Like, hey, come finish this up. Come
1: finish. We'll give you like
0: no. five cents off. <laughs> yeah, they're not giving you shit off. Oh. <laughs> but well no. Um but I mean that, that's just kinda how it is. We all we all see the toys and we all see the fun stuff. Um but there's hard work that comes behind it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you could be into a lot worse things that I could despise, but I, I like cooking, and I like that at least you're into something that can feed people, even if it's not us. Like, you're making a difference. You're feeding somebody. You're making yourself happy. You're making other people happy. You're keeping their bellies happy. Yep. That's all that matters. I mean... It's what? it's a it's a selfless thing to be into.
0: What's the hardest thing about being a barbecue wife?
1: Um the hardest thing right now is when you're cooking and it then uh you go to pop-ups and I'm kind of hoping that you text me and say like, "Oh, I have one brisket order left." But then you say, "No, we're sold out." And then I have to go cook myself, like, pasta or eat some Cheerios. (laughs) It's pretty tough. It's tough to have somebody snuggle up to you in bed that smells like barbecue, but you can't actually eat it. Because he does it for a living, and so I don't get to eat it as much anymore.
0: But but before that, before we we went full living, before we went... Full on that. What was the hardest part? I don't was know. there any hard parts?
1: Not really. I mean, I smelled
0: like barbecue pretty much, anyways. Almost every single day.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you constantly smell like barbecue, and that the hours were a bit of an adjustment. I mean, I understand it's a restaurant lifestyle, and I I get that weird hour shift, but. It was kind of weird just, you know, waking up at three in the morning and you not being there because I know I could, and I could hear you outside the window lighting your cooker.
0: It's, yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a difference. Um, Now, being where we're at in our barbecue journey... What are some recommendations you could give for people that are just starting out?
1: Um I don't know, that's a tough one. Things if you're not if you're just starting out just just do it, don't try and cut corners. I guess like there there's a lot of tools out there that can you know, help you, like, especially if you are, like, if you're throwing a party like you and, you know, instead of lighting your cooker at 3 a.m. so that we can have family come over at 3 p.m. for dinner and whatnot, like, you know, there's, there's definitely tools out there that can help keep your fire going so that you can still sleep. At least until you get to that point.
0: Unless you want to cook on a stick burner, no, there aren't any. Nothing's oh, gonna that's throw. True. There's nothing throwing sticks for you.
1: <laughs> that is true, but I would say, I mean, when I'm speaking, like if we're, if we're cooking you, you on you the were egg, lighting, you were lighting the egg at three in the morning, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's definitely the the hardest part is the hours that go into it. It's like, unfortunately, if you're just starting off. Don't cut those corners. You... You have to do it. It's almost like paying your dues. Yeah. You know, you... You need to learn. You need to almost become that smoker in, like, a weird sense. Like, you just have to, like, know and feel and do... Live the lifestyle. Live the lifestyle. Whatever it takes. Until you get to a point where if you do want to use a tool on occasion... You know, like for us, if it's fucking blizzard snowing outside or negative 30, if you want to try and have some sort of assist or tool to try and help you, it's not going to help, but you can try. I mean, the
0: flame bosses will flame boss um, or a, um, a barbecue guru... Although All those things are beautiful. Um, they work really, really well. Um, you guys all know how I feel about pellet and electric smokers. Um, I don't think you get the flavor profile. Or I don't get the flavor profile out of them that I, I personally want. Um, and whether that's... Well, I'll break it down. Fuck pellets. Uh, and fuck electric smokers. Because you and if that's your gateway into 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 what we're doing if that's your if that's your gateway drug into into smoking then fuck yeah let's do it but if you ever come up to me and tell me you're a pit master because you smoke on a fucking pellet smoker I'll I'll stab you with the knife in my back pocket but um it's one of those things where it's like the reason you start there that that's not the end of the journey you started there right uh, but I I personally think you need to get your hands dirty in, in in charcoal and you need to you need to push into 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 wood because that's where you get get real fucking barbecue flavor. I, I've never met anyone that that's eaten my brisket and been like, oh my god, my pellet smoker fucking does the same thing. No, they all they all come to me and they go, that's so amazing. How'd you get that flavor into it? Well, because I didn't cut corners. I I, I I put my fucking time into it. I did what, you know, I did what I did, did, and I, I did what I had to do to, to make, to make that barbecue the best, the best barbecue that I could possibly make. And, um, basically there are, there are some fun things. Like I said, the barbecue guru, um, the flame boss that's on, you know, that, that those will attach to a lot of your Kamado style cookers, um, they'll attach to your they'll they'll attach to your um Weber Smoky Mountains and all and all that kind of fun stuff. They some of them uh I do believe the guru and the flame boss will attach to some some drums. And and you're still burning real charcoal. It's just giving you a fan. It's giving you a little bit of control. And I understand that. And the thing I just don't like is when it's like, "Oh, just set it to, you know, 250 and forget about it. It's like, really, like you can't do more than just set. Like you can't set some dampers. Like my egg. I mean, I can set my egg, set my dampers, and go to bed. Yeah. And I know it's gonna sit at 250, 225. Yeah. And it'll cruise all night.
1: Yeah. So I mean, like I said,
0: without without a guru or without a a flame boss on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just... I'm saying if you're just getting started out, I mean, don't... Don't cheap out and just do whatever's easy. Like, do do what you want. Like, do your research. Figure out how you want to go about it. But, I mean, another big tip is, you know, don't don't be afraid to ask for help. That's a huge restaurant thing. Like... I mean, it, it does not show weakness asking for help. It you're trying to learn if if you're being dumb about it, then that's one thing. But like nobody that I've seen really in the barbecue industry, really, like if you ask them for help, they're gonna help you. There's your few people. That aren't going to want to help you because they consider you competition. But overall, like, it's a community
0: and they don't care. I mean, I don't know how many people reach out to me asking me for, for barbecue help. And I'll sit there and I'll answer questions for hours. I'll, I'll sit and text with people for hours. I'll um, we, had, we had an email come in the other day um, about a guy who wants to start doing pop-ups. Yeah. In my area, technically, it should be competition, right? Yeah. Uh, what well, my reply basically was to him: here is my phone number. Shoot me a call or text. Let's get on the phone. Let's figure out how to get your ass into some doing some, doing some pop ups.
1: Yeah. Maybe
0: and there's... like that—that that was my reply to him. It's like, how do I help you to get to the next step? Because somebody helped me and somebody somebody coached me and somebody uh there there's still people that I reach out to that I'm I I I value their opinions so so highly that I'm like what am I doing wrong how do I do this um you've been where I've been before what am I doing wrong how do I how do I keep going
1: but not even that I mean even on like a on a lower level like we're part of a few Facebook groups that are barbecue related. And absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's crazy that somebody can post a picture of like a pitch black pork shoulder and they can say, what did I do wrong? And sure. There's going to be the asshole that's like, well, you just cooked it too long. But the majority of the people they're they're asking the right questions. Like what were you cooking on? And what, temp and how long and what did you season it with and they're they're trying to investigate so that they can give like
0: an accurate well you're asking the right questions to 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 get get to that answer to to get to the accurate response so
1: if you're saying what did i do wrong well i mean there's a lot of things that could go wrong but like but that there's nothing wrong with saying that like you know some people they're doing that right don't don't be afraid to ask for
0: help Post well, a
1: picture and say, like, and if you could, like, give all the information. Like, and
0: that—that's one of the things that I always get that when I when I get reached out to is, what did I do wrong? How do I cook this or how did I do that? My first question is always, walk me through what you've done. Tell me as much information as if I was standing there next to you cooking the whole time, and people. Sometimes they'll, they'll react to me in a, in a weird way because they're like, you're asking really weird questions. And I'm like, yes, because I want to know so much information, almost like over, over tell me what you've done. And I'm not asking you because I want to say, oh, you did this wrong or, oh, you did that wrong. Or, you know what I mean? I'm asking so many questions because if I don't know all the components and the way that my brain works is if I don't know, if I don't paint that picture for myself, right, then I can't give you my answer.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you can't just take a picture and say, what did I do wrong? If you don't have the actual facts. Like, it all depends to each situation, but it...
0: Maybe you made your own rub and you used fucking white sugar in it.
1: But, yeah, I mean, Because just... you didn't have
0: turbinado or you didn't have another, another form of sweetener.
1: Absolutely. Just don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, there's so many people on all channels all over the place. Like, I mean... Just don't go to
0: YouTube. You can go to... I'm going to preface this. You can go to YouTube and watch videos. Don't read comments. All those people are fucking assholes.
1: Yeah. Don't read comments. Reach out to Mikey. Reach out to whoever you need to. You can even reach out to me. I'm probably not going to know it,
0: but. he ask me, don't worry.
1: But I can ask him, and I can give an educated guess.
0: And but it, it's one of those. It, things. Or
1: I could lead you in the right direction of somebody who could answer it. Like, just don't be afraid to ask any questions because that is the number one thing. You're gonna keep making pitch black pork shoulders that are dry as fuck.
0: It's hard to dry a pork.
1: And that is hard to do. Or you could be like me and make chicken tartar. Chicken tar-tar. <laughs> Don't mm. believe me. I asked for so much help that day. I reached out to numerous people for help. Except for? Except for my husband, because I was ashamed. <laughs> um, and the people that helped me, unfortunately, it was too late for saving. So I did... We let that one go. I did not serve the chicken tartare when we had mashed potatoes for dinner.
0: We let that one go. There's always pizza. Listen, there's always pizza. Because if you fuck something up, there's always pizza. Okay? There's always pizza.
1: But but that was my lesson learned.
0: There's always... I love you, baby. You are I great. love you, too. But lesson learned.
1: Don't be afraid to ask for help.
0: But you have made some good steaks on the cooker. You made some good steaks on the egg.
1: I can veggies. I can do veggies. I can do brats. I I cannot do chicken. Apparently,
0: chicken's just I not. Tr- I
1: tried doing a whole chicken. He set me up for failure.
0: I did not.
1: <laughs> by telling me it was thawed and it was actually frozen on the inside, so I. I
0: thought it was. I, in my defense, I thought it was fully. I done.
1: lost control of it, and the outside was burnt, and the inside was raw. <laughs> in
0: in my in my defense, I thought it was thawed, so sorry.
1: And that and that was my own fault. I.
0: It was my, you know, it shit happens. Oh well. Um,
1: but aside from that, seriously, just I, I can't stress it enough. Don't be afraid to ask for help because everyone here in barbecue.
0: We're all here. We're a family.
1: It's a family. It's a Favorite community. barbecue food. Barbecue food. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I love your mac and cheese. I'm actually, I'm in a root for the underdog. Like, I love me some smoked chicken. Like, the pulled chicken, I love it.
0: That's barely on our menu you now?
1: It's barely on your menu, but like... It's barely on my menu. If I'm going out to a place and I'm trying some... Actually, my my favorite thing is to go and like on their appetizer menu if a barbecue place has the trio, like a slider trio <laughs> where it's brisket pork chicken. That's my absolute favorite go-to. Uh, I love me some barbecue chicken. But, I don't know. Brisket's good. Your mac and cheese is good.
0: Favorite barbecue that you've eaten that isn't mine?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was like years ago, but like the old 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 rub was really good. Yeah. But I don't think is rub anymore.
0: Well they I mean Jared closed that restaurant down. Yeah. Um there was there used to be a place called Rub. It was on Western Avenue in Rogers Park. Um and uh Jared the owner has, has moved to Colorado he still has restaurants in Chicago, so I'm going to preface that there's to he still has he still has a decent amount of restaurants in Chicago, um, but he has moved his barbecue restaurant to to Colorado. Um, I believe it's outside of Denver, um, and it is now called AJ's Pit. I, I believe AJ is his – I believe that that's the initials of his kids. Um. And, uh, Jared's, Jared's a really good barbecue cook. He really is. Yeah. Jared's a fantastic barbecue cook.
1: Yeah. He was good. Uh, a close second would, I guess, be Bombers.
0: Bombers is good. Bombers, Bombers in and
1: Mun- Munster.
0: Munster, Indiana. Munster. They're good. They were good. You've You've had some Black's brisket.
1: I did have some Black's brisket. You're right. So can't put them at the top because I just had like a bite of their brisket which I don't even know if you could fully call it their brisket because they
0: had well, like had it shipped so in... so in our in her, in, in black's of <laughs> black's brisket is fantastic guys but, oh I'm sure uh, it is Barrett uh they, they Barrett uh did kind of a brisket class um with his dad and basically what they did was they, they pre-cooked their brisket um, in Texas. Then they shipped their brisket to Kansas City where we were at NBBQA. And um, NBB, uh, and, and at that time, no, it was NBBQA. Um, and we sl- they, they, they talked about slicing, trimming, and all that stuff. And then they reheated their brisket there. Yeah, and it, and and so it was it was a it was a reheated black's brisket which was still fantastic.
1: That's why I I, I couldn't really consider it on my list because you didn't it, you didn't actually go was, to the restaurant. It was phenomenal,
0: but you didn't actually so go only, to the restaurant. Now. I could
1: only imagine how it would be if I was actually there, but I yeah. can't say that I was there. Correct and yes. tried that. Correct. So I mean, they were good. Uh, I was very impressed when we went to Dr. Barbecues.
0: Dr. Barbecues was good.
1: Um, you know, I went to, we had brunch there, so it was amazing to have like a cornbread waffle with a bunch of meat and pico and all that stuff on top. Mm -hmm. That was great.
0: If you're in the Chicagoland area, my company actually does brunch four times a year.
1: That is true.
0: And we do some fun stuff.
1: Lots of fun stuff.
0: We do some Super good. good. We do, so we do, um, and I was talking to, talking to one of my friends today about it. Um, we do brisket, biscuits, and gravy. So what we do is we take the trimmings from the brisket and we render it out to make the gravy. And then obviously brisket, the brisket goes into it. We smoke the brisket, chop the brisket up. So that we can put it through the biscuits and gravy and then do biscuits and then, you know, lay a little bit of gravy on top of it. And I don't... I I think those might be my favorite things in, in the world. It's really good. Brisket gravy is fantastic.
1: It really is. I mean, it's definitely hearty. It's a very heavy...
0: Yeah, you're heavy... going to die if you eat a ton of it.
1: It's not... I wouldn't even necessarily say, like, it's not a breakfast thing. You cannot wake up at seven in the morning and eat that shit. You will die. But as a brunch,
0: it's a four death.
1: times a year. With beer? With yeah. beer. It is the best thing ever. If you can go, like, I, I love it. I actually, he doesn't let me have it, but I like to request off that day. So that I can eat it.
0: Sometimes. We'll give it to you. I
1: had it once. And I was extremely hungover.
0: Whose fault was that?
1: I mean, it was my fault. But that was the only time I've had a brunch
0: off. We'll give you one or two off. Maybe. One or two. Maybe.
1: All I need is one. I just need that. I just need the, the gravy.
0: Yeah, the brisket, brisket, biscuits, and gravy, which is also fun to li- listen to people say it.
1: Brisha, bruh, bruh, bruh. Exactly,
0: because it's just, it's a tongue twister on there. Um, but we have a great time. So I like to end our podcast with, with a, um, with, with one solid question. And um, my wife has been with me for this entire journey of the podcast. She's uh, listened to the intro in four fucking years. So she has no idea what we're about to ask. Uh, So for all of you that are listening, that have been listening, you guys get what questions coming. So A, we want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You act like
1: I had a choice. You
0: did. You you, you (laughs) didn't. Um, But thank you for coming on. If you can do us a favor before we go into this final question, uh, let -hmm. us know where people can follow you on social media if you want to give that out. Um and where they can kind of follow your life journey behind me.
1: Okay, well, of course, if you want to reach out, um, you know, I am the back end of man-made barbecue, so I'm always there. Um, as far as like me myself on Instagram, I'm Amanda Kirksky. And I also manage our daughter's page, which is Ember and Eats. There are some periods. I'm sure he's it, it, probably everything, tagged.
0: Everything will be in the show notes, guys. But it is Ember with an E. Dot and dot Eats. If you're if you're just listening and you wanna you wanna follow that page.
1: Yes. There you go. Um. So yeah, I. I've kind of steered away from my personal one. I've I want to put a little more focus into that. Um, hopefully, get some uh, cooking videos, maybe some grilling videos out uh, this summer. Um, just kind of focusing on that, so you can see you can follow me and her from there. Otherwise, um, I'm perfectly fine staying in the shadows.
0: Yeah, you are <laughs> a weirdo. <laughs>
1: the creepy one
0: so what's this question so I'm really here's the nervous.
1: question do i need to drink beer first you should
0: always drink beer first so um the question is very simple normally what we ask is if you could go back knowing what you know now going back into your barbecue journey or cooking journey what are three tips that you would give yourself Three tips
1: I would give myself.
0: Correct. And like, if you can go back in time, knowing what you know now from where you, where you started, what are three tips that you would give yourself to help shorten your barbecue learning curve? Um,
1: I mean, really the biggest thing would just be like not going to bed and just following you. <laughs> Like, just making sure I was actually, like, absorbing like a sponge. Learning everything that you were doing. Um, I guess in hindsight, it would have been nice. Like, I have definitely been an introvert and will probably always be an introvert. But having a kid definitely makes you weird and, like, you stand out a little more and then... When somebody tells you they want to be on a podcast, you are a little more okay with it. So, I don't know. I guess I could have, like, asserted myself into this community a little more and not been so, like, shy in the background. Um, I I know. Another thing I would have told myself... um, I would have really, really conditioned myself to um, eat gamey meat because I used to love that shit. Loved it. And then I kind of steered away from it. And then we had Ember. And now, like, I don't know. She changed me. She turned me. I can't even have lamb. So, I guess, like, in hindsight, I'd be like, just eat all of it because either you're not gonna have it in your future or you're not gonna like it in your future. Like
0: Which is weird. You I mean, won't eat you won't eat you won't eat venison. You're not a big I mean you don't like lamb. I love lamb.
1: I used to love that shit. I loved venison. I didn't mind lamb. I remember going and eating so much duck, it was unreal. I do not care about any of it.
0: But you haven't And had, it's not even like... You the, haven't had duck in a while. What if we make some I duck? I tried it. I tried it. When's the last time we had duck?
1: Like, what was it? A year ago or something? We had it together. When? I don't know.
0: I don't remember the last time we had duck. Okay. Quick, quick.
1: Well, we can talk about that off air. Okay. Um, I don't know. We... Uh, I just can't do it. I mean, she kind of... She kind of ruined me, so it was almost like... So, so, I will admit to everybody really quick, I was a vegetarian in high
0: school. I did not know her in high school.
1: He did know me, but we weren't dating at the time. Um, I was a vegetarian for a long time, so when I did start eating meat, it was like I was playing ketchup. And I wish it, in some circumstances that I was trying to play like ketchup and like makeup for now currently because you know I I can't even eat my burgers more than like if there if there's any pink in it I can't do it.
0: Yeah but that that's only recently of Since, since I had, you've her, had her yeah. Which
1: is weird. So my burgers have to be well done. My steaks can be rare and then I can't have any gamey meat. So I mean that would be a big tell myself in the past life just eat everything because you're not going to want it now
0: well that would be it That's thank weird. you thanks for coming on the podcast and hanging out with us well, guys this for is having am-
1: me it was kind of weird
0: but this is Amanda so now you know who you talk to when um, we set up podcasts if you would like to be on our podcast Email bbq at gmail.com. Say, hey, Amanda, I'd like to be on the fucking podcast. Uh, Schedule me. And more than likely, we will put you on this damn podcast because I will sit and talk barbecue with anybody. Clearly. um, You have me. But it's just one of those things. I mean, I think everyone has a story and I want to hear it. And I think that's the cool part about this podcast is it doesn't discriminate somebody who may not have a million followers or may not be the biggest barbecue name in the world that I'm willing to, I'm willing to sit and talk to you bar, sit and talk to uh, sit and talk barbecue with you because that's, I mean, you have a story and everyone wants to feed people. And I think that's the cool thing.
1: No, I agree. It's definitely nice to actually hear from the actual person that's interested in setting up a podcast. Um, Kind of, I wouldn't say weird, but I always feel a little different when it's uh, like a handler.
0: I think it's great. It uh, is.
1: I mean, it is great. But
0: So, thank you so much, guys. And uh, we will see you next week.